Dan Lukowitz. This is Dan on Top. I've got two interesting individuals joining me today. Dan Solanis, Adam Dick, our co-principals at Progress Realty Partners. Dan, Adam, how you doing? What's going on, Dan? Happy to be here, man. Interesting is, a, is an interesting way to describe us. Huh? <laughs> or unique. I prefer the term yeah, unique. Yeah, unique, maybe. <laughs> unique, yeah. You guys definitely have some flair. You've got great energy. I enjoyed meeting up with you. Meeting up with you. Uh, Brady and I had a great yeah. time meeting up with you in New Jersey, I don't know, what, a month, month and a half ago. So I'm happy yeah. to finally have you on the show. We had a little te- technical difficulties to get you on a few times, but it's great to have you. So let's just jump right in. Tell our viewers who the heck you two guys are. Go for it. Um, so good, good question, right? I mean, you, you start us off, you know, we are co-principals of Progress Realty Partners. So what we are is a private equity firm that makes investing in commercial real estate more accessible for accredited investors. Um, direct ownership opportunities, passive income. And, you know, from a personal standpoint, uh, you know, I, I'm engaged. I got a, I got a little dog, Russell. Uh, I like sports and we all like real estate. So that's kind of the combination. Of Things in common, not yeah. engaged, do have a dog, a <laughs> much bigger dog. And I like sports and hanging out. There you go. There you go. And for whatever reason, when we met up for breakfast, Dan decided to order turkey soup, which I've never seen before. Um, the signature. A signature move. You know what? So, you know what was funny about that too. Like I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, a big soup guy at nine o'clock in the morning. But for whatever reason, it was it was cold, and I could smell it in the kitchen, and it was pretty good. Brady liked the soup too. You're great. Yeah. I remember the waitress, the waitress came out. Hey, how's the turkey soup? And you're like cold. Yeah. I was like, I'll be honest. It's a little, it's a little chill. All right, enough fun for now, my friends. So you guys are private equity and you're in the midst of an unprecedented time. I hate that word, I've heard it a million times, but it really is from a real estate perspective, it's an unprecedented time. So how have you guys done during COVID and what have you learned from navigating what's going on in the commercial real estate space? Yeah, good question. Um, so, you know, ultimately, right, no one's ever gone through something like COVID, that, that's an obvious. I think what a lot of people were reminded and what we were reminded and kind of you know, what, what reaffirmed our, our current belief was that having a strong team is so important and having strong lines of communication uh, with not only you know property managers, but your tenants directly and really humanizing the business uh, was crucial to really get through COVID and be able to manage through everything that was happening. So yeah, like we were in constant communication with our tenants. We were very hands-on in that sense. And ultimately, they're looking for, you know, towards the owner for answers, right? Answers that, you know, a lot of times we didn't have, but we were just honest in, in saying, listen, we don't know where this is going to go, what's going to happen. Um, but we just continued to work with them, you know, and we just kept the lines of communication open and, and the transparency and honesty was, uh, you know, huge for us. So I think, you know, that was something that a lot of landlords maybe struggled with because they weren't used to being that type of owner. And maybe groups like us who are more hands-on with their tenants, who are more hands-on with their properties, uh, didn't necessarily have as much of a struggle because it was kind of our second nature already. It was just more reaffirming the fact that, yeah, open lines of communication, humanizing the business, remembering that these are people behind the businesses. Um, you know, it was just another reaffirmation for us. So uh, we, we've made out well, though. We, we've made out real well with everything. And that, that was on the, the asset side of things, right? Because you have to kind of remember, we're in two different businesses. We're in real estate, operations, management, 
but also investor relations and yeah, the, the sure. business of being humans, right? So communications with our tenants, huge, full transparency, but also with our investors, mm -hmm. with our other operators, with our management company, with our, you know, our people who hold our notes. Transparency is the name of the game. I mean, just, just absolutely throughout with everybody. Yeah. And that, that's really what helped us. Excellent. What was your investor sentiment during that period? Uh, obviously just uncertainty, right? I mean, I don't know if the sentiment yeah. was, was great, horrible. Everyone's kind of just like, wow, we're stuck in a, in a shit storm together. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on your show, but <laughs> we're stuck in a shit storm together and we just got to figure out a way to, to get out of it. And no one has any answers. No one has any time frame. No one has any fingers to be pointing that this person did that. It's just, just, you know, honesty and the sentiment was kind of just, I don't, I don't even have a word to describe it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think just ultimately, same way through our, our tenants, you know, investors the same way. They just want you to communicate with them, right? They want to know what's going on. You know, what are, what is our next, you know, what's our next game plan? What's, if that one fails, what's plan B, what's plan C, what's plan D, right? right? So again, it just really falls back to the communication piece, keeping everybody in the loop, you know, being open and honest about what you know, what you don't know, um, and just being accessible. You know, being around for guys, you know, even if you don't have the answers, at least they can ask you and you can be honest and say, I don't have the answer for you. Um, that, that was huge. You know, it's, it's still huge. Sure. Absolutely. You guys brought up a good point about having a good team. I think it's it's it can't be you know overstated the importance of working with good people. You know, you're only as strong as all the connections in your network. It's important to have good people to work with, important to work with good brokers. I actually have two deals that came across my desk this morning. I thought about you guys. I'm going to send them over. I was recently reading and engaging with you guys on some posts on LinkedIn. You know, we have a lot of fun on there. And um, <laughs> you mentioned that in your underwriting process, you guys, if I remember correctly, for every thousand deals you underwrite, you might buy one. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, honestly, we were actually talking about this the other day. We've mm -hmm. never fully put it on paper, like how many deals we really looked at, how many deals, you know, does that amount to, but we looked at it, so many deals, you know, you, you probably churn and burn deals all the time. You're yeah. super active out there. Um, and you know that there's a lot of good deals. There's a lot of mediocre deals. There's a lot of very not so great deals, uh, depending on the owner and operator and what they're, what they're looking for. But we looked through a lot of deals, man. Look through a lot of deals. Yeah. It's a numbers game. You know, at the end of the day, we put in a lot of offers, um, you know, it's important for us to hit certain metrics. We don't want to overpay for anything. So really it's, you know, it's just a matter of not falling in love with any one particular deal. Uh, you know, and just being patient and finding the one that makes the most sense that you could buy at the right price and generate a good return for, you know, if it's just you for you and if you have investors for your investors. So yeah, we look at a ton of deal flow. Crucial. So what are some of the most important characteristics when you're analyzing and underwriting a deal? One word comes to mind, diversification, mm. right? Um, of, of every sense of the word, whether you're looking at a multi-tenant deal, you want diversification of the tenant type, the tenant mix, the tenant rollover, the tenant uh, you know, rents per foot. Uh, literally every single sense of the word diversification is what we look for um, mm. in individual deals, in our portfolio, just everything throughout. And then um, I'll say the next one is probably demographics. Demographics yeah. are huge. Yeah, location. Right. I mean, you can have great tenants. Like you know, we look for more retail industrial properties. You can have great tenants, um, but if they're not in, in an area that makes sense for what that business is, you know, then it, even they're not going to do so well there. So you know, if you're in a low demographic area from a, an income standpoint, and you have something like a Nordstrom, you know, on the extreme example, or you have some type of high-profile retailer, 
you know, great tenant, wrong market, you know? Mm-hmm. So diversification, all the things that Adam mentioned, it's, it's huge. You know, you got to limit your risk exposure in as many areas as you can. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that's from the perspective of the deal. What about from the perspective of the investor? Why should an investor consider putting capital with a company like Progress Realty Partners? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the, the people that we work with generally are real estate minded people. We, got, we work a lot of developers, a lot of owners themselves, um, but there's also that, that pocket of people who are looking to invest who are just made professionals, doctors, attorneys, accountants, things like that, who you know like the idea of real estate, um, but don't have the time, don't have the resources, the team, um, and you know, real estate's not their expertise. So, for to, to work with a group like us, it means you can be passive. You still get direct ownership in institutional quality properties, and you can rely on our expertise, our experience. You know, dealing with this day in and day out, negotiating with tenants, negotiating with third-party property managers and uh, landscapers, the whole nine. You know, and really overseeing every every little detail of the deal. I mean, we, you know, we laugh because we were just looking through our owner statement on our North Carolina property. Uh, it generates over, you know, over $2 million in cash flow. And we were fighting with, with our property manager, not fighting with her, but over $60, you know, over wow. a $60 bill that we got. And we thought, you know, wasn't, wasn't justified. So, yeah, that's, that's the level of, of you know, um, attention to detail that, that we bring to the table. And a lot of people just don't have the time and energy or expertise to do that. So sure. I think that's. You know, whether it's our group, whether it's another group that sponsors deals similar to us, it's a great opportunity for anyone who's busy, anyone who has money, you know, looking to get away from the stock market a little bit, diversify themselves, um, and get into real estate because it's a phenomenal asset class. Yeah, Absolutely. unless you're looking for like single tenant deals, right? You do a lot of single tenant deals, Dan. Yeah. Unless you're really buying those coupon clippers, real estate's a full time job. It is. Right? And it really comes down to time and expertise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how did you guys get into the private equity space to begin with? Hell of a question. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a hell of a question. We ask ourselves the same thing. Huh? <laughs> um, so Adam and I, we, we used to be Marcus and Millichap brokers in Philadelphia. And Adam had came across a group just in working at Marcus that was kind of in the startup phases of, of doing, you know, very similar work to what we do. So we both eventually started working for that company, worked with them for about three years. Um, oversaw a portfolio of about $300 million in neighborhood retail properties. That's how we really cut our teeth. Started off in brokerage. Uh, so we, we have the perspective of guys like you, right? When we're going through a deal cycle under contract, the whole nine, we understand the perspective of the broker, you know, sure. and not wanting to waste time. Time kills deals, the whole nine. Um, so we just kind of stumbled into it, realized how much potential there is, you know, in this space, especially to work with people who maybe don't even realize this is an option for them. You know, that, they, that there is groups out there that you can invest with passively, still have ownership in the property, still get all the same benefits of sole ownership, but not, you know, none of the daily headaches. Um, so we just kind of fell into it, man, meeting the right people. Uh, you know, it's, and it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get type of thing. That's right. Um, and we've been getting pretty lucky lately. So I guess we've been working pretty hard. I don't know. Yeah. That's right. I would echo that completely. I mean, there really is no such thing as luck. There's just working hard and things fall into place. So, you know, exactly. you guys are hard workers. You have a lot of experience. What's 
maybe one or two pieces of advice that you each have for individuals that are either already commercial real estate investors or looking to get into the commercial real estate investment space? Um, for starters, um, it's not a real saying. If it is, I'm in the trade market right now. Underwrite conservatively. Yeah. Right. That's that's number one. I mean, especially for new people. I mean, Dan, I love you. Broker self is killing me. You guys never include certain expenses like management, vacancy, reserves that are these are real expenses that real owners, real operators like actually have. And for whatever reason, no broker likes putting them in their in their underwriting. Their own. So underwrite conservatively yeah. um, is definitely mine. I would say to and and what Adam said makes a lot of sense. I would agree with him. Really, like we live by the mantra, you got to make your money on the buy. Yeah, hundred like, percent. You know, it's it's so important to not overpay, to know exactly where you're getting. You can't, you know, you got to remember, Dan. You're a great salesman. You you know a lot about real estate. Investment sales brokers are set are you know are hired by the sellers to sell their property. So you have to kind of weed through you know all all the noise and get to the real story, get to the real numbers. And when you make your money on the buy. You know, you limit your risk exposure tremendously um, because, you know, as you know, there's different cycles. You know, things go up, things go down, cap rates compress, they expand. But if you made your money when you first bought the property, then you've, you've, you've cut off so many different areas of, of risk um, and, and really set yourself up for, a, for more of a smooth sailing. You can get through different cycles. So, you know, make your money on the buy. You know, look at a lot of deals. That's why we look at so many deals. you got to look at a ton of deals. Don't don't get married to any one deal, right? I mean, this is an investment. At the end of the day, you're doing it for cash flow, whatever it is you're doing it for. So definitely make your money on the buy. Yeah, those are some yeah. excellent pieces of advice. No question, no question whatsoever. Oh, what would yours be, Dan? You've yeah. dealt with all different guys, institutions, individual owners. What's your one piece of advice there? So, I mean, I'm so, not going to give you one. I'll give you a few. Number one, if you're new to the game or you're not new to the game, find a mentor. It's really important to have a mentor. It's really important to have people to look up to, to run deals by. Um, you should never be flying solo, especially not in the beginning. Um, we actually just produced a, a course that we just launched pre-registration for. It's called CRE Pro Course. It teaches people everything about commercial real estate investing as well as brokerage. A course like that is an incredible resource. Having mentors are incredible resources. Um, definitely want to echo what you guys said. Don't get married to a deal. Take the emotion off the table. And I always used to say this when I was doing uh, residential real estate investment was every deal that you leave on, a t on the table at the purchase is a deal that's not in your pocket at the sale. So I definitely agree with you guys on that. And, and same thing, like just underwrite and underwrite and underwrite. Keep looking at deals. The more deals you look at, the more you know what to look for. So those are all pieces of advice I'd give mm -hmm. people that are either, you know, starting off in the game or are, you know, already seasoned real estate investors. Yeah, awesome. the mentor, mentor is huge. Yeah, oh, it, is. it is. It just no goes back to, it. yeah, it goes back to what we, you know, initially when we got on about just having the right team, right? Having the right people around you because you know, not, not everyone has experienced everything. But when you work with enough, you know, good-minded people and people who have experience, you know, chances are you're going to, you know, someone's going to have run into a situation uh, regardless of what it is. So, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. So, hey, we've got about two and a half minutes left. Any any topics you guys want to talk about? Or, you know, I kind of like the flow that you <clears throat> turned it into. Any other questions you got for me? Um, yeah, well, you know what? So what I would say, like, you know, obviously, and you see this, we see this, of course, net lease cap rates are compressing a lot, right? Essential, -uh. essential business. Hey, you, you kidding me? <laughs> 
essential business tenants, you know, are at a premium right now. So sure. what are you curious to hear from a broker perspective? Where do you see cap rates on, you know, net lease deals going in 2021? Yeah, good question. So, I mean, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. If you're an essential retailer, if you're a tire store, an automotive supplier, if you're a pharmacy, a dollar store, quick service restaurant, you're in high demand, right? People aren't dining in in many states. People are going through drive throughs People are conserving their cash. Uh, you know, I just listed five different quick service restaurants, and I was astounded at the cap rates that, that we brought them to market, and I was astounded at the, the offers that we got. So I see those cap mm-hmm. rates continuing to compress. I mean, the question is, what's going to happen next. And I, you know, I don't claim to be a prophet or have a crystal ball. What I will say is that you know, the market is super hot. There are a lot of things changing right now. There's tax reform that's potentially on, on the table to change that could make huge impacts into our industry, into your industry as well. So I tell people, if you own commercial property, by all means, reach out. I put together complimentary, no obligation value proposals for all of my clients whenever they want it. And What's going to happen if we see the 1031 go away or if we have issues changing with capital gains is we're going to have um, you know, 500,000 investors trying to get through a five-by-eight door, and it's going to be mayhem. Okay, right. So before that happens, know what your property's worth. Have your deal underwritten by experts. That's what I tell people. Yeah, no, that's great stuff. And just to you know, kind of roll off what you just said, too, I mean, for those who would, would be interested in investing passively, right? you like net, net lease deals because of the lack of management responsibilities, we could be a great option for you too. You know, people can invest with cash, 1031 exchange money, self-directed IRAs. There's a number of ways to get involved, um, and, and we do, you know, pretty good deals. We like to think so. Uh, we're, we're definitely an option. If you want to check out our website, prp.us, you see all our information. Mine and Adam's contact, and we'd love to hear from you. So check us out. There you go, Dan Salinas, Adam Dickard, co-principals, Progress Realty Partners. I'm Dan Lukowitz. I really appreciate having you guys on the show and getting to know you. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. We'll look forward to seeing everybody soon.